Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 413 for Tuesday, the 18th of August, 2015. Tonight, we've got quite the show for you. Erica and I are going to be showing you all about the fundamentals of Google Analytics. I suppose we're going to be looking at right from the get-go, how we get it set up, how we use this mm -hmm. free tool mm -hmm. in order to track your website, blog visitors, and even uh, drive traffic to certain areas of the world. So we've got a lot to cover tonight. We've also got stuff to give away. You've been casting your ballots. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff I want to show you tonight. And some great news stories. Hey, Sasha. Hey, this is going to be a great hour. Here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. UK mobile firm EE has recalled a portable charger it had given away after a medical student was left with severe burns after using one. Airbus has won a patent for a hypersonic passenger plane which could potentially fly from London to New York in an hour. The persistent rumors about Apple building some kind of car have felt at times like they were po powered purely by Apple fans desperate for something new and exciting. Now there's proof. Samsung has unveiled what appears to be the world's largest hard drive and it's an SSD. Windows 10's first major update has stranded some users in an endless loop of reboots. They released the pilot this past weekend, and we've got some seriously big news about the future of Star Trek Renegades. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 413. So great to see you. I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Erica Lalonde, and it's great to see everyone. Hey! It's been a while. I got stuff to give away. Before we get into it, how you been? How's your summer? Oh, it's been great. Just School is, like, picking back up again. <laughs> School just it's never ending back. with her. I never end. Never ending. I'm always working, and I'm going back to school, and I'll be going down to Lakeshore Campus. Hey, I've got a great idea. <laughs> I'm finally finished school. Let's do school some more. Yay! <laughs> hey, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's fun if you're, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, well, how you been? It's Kinda, been a while. It has been a while. Um, Enough kidding. Yeah. Serious now. It has been. Yeah. What have you been, uh, just to give a little preliminary, and we'll talk more about it, but what have you been studying at school? So, What's your big, your major? So my major um, was marketing, Ooh. and now I'm, re the reason why I am going back to school is to further my education with business accounts. So I'm going back for a business co-op. Oh, okay, so basically cool. I'll be working and in school at the same time. So I guess I just never left school. <laughs> <laughs> it's ongoing. All right. Well, we've been collecting your ballots. Uh, we've got this free play uh, buddy. This is a, an awesome little device that I showed off on episode number 411. Uh, make sure you tune into that episode because we had some really cool product reviews, the teeny drones and all that. Let's take a look at what we got here. This is a solar-powered, crank-powered this is a brand new one. I don't even know if it has any charge because it's never even seen sunlight. But you can, you can, oh, the battery's not even released. I better not do that, right? Because I'm going to send this to you. Right. But you crank it up. It's got a flashlight. It's got a radio. It's got it all. Uh, we're going to send you one of those. So we're going to hop on over to Drawbot. And Drawbot, of Ooh. course, has collected your ballots over the past week. So here we go. This is exciting. Who's going to win? This is for the free play buddy. Check it out. Okay, who do we see? D-Man 810, nice to see you. Greg and 
orange man. Whoa, Whoa. Drawbot is moving fast tonight. He's... Don't waste any time, Drawbot. We need to do this. <laughs> Uh, free play buddy has N O double A weather stations, and the winner is. Wow, it really didn't give us a lot of time, and I don't even know what I. Uh, D Man, eight ten. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! Way to go! And you should see me whacking away at the the board here, trying to get the right music to play. Yeah, D Man, eight ten. Awesome stuff. This is it, it. Will charge your phone. Uh, so you can crank it. You can put it on the, the dash of the car. I put one uh, on the windowsill, and it mm-hmm. keeps it always charging, and you see that charge light going. And then you can plug in your phone, charge it. It's got the AM, FM radio, the NOAA uh, weather channel, as I said. Uh, so if there's a weather emergency or whatever, they can cut in, and you can, you can hear what's going and on. My favorite thing about it is the crank. You know, if you don't have it charged, you don't have the sun, what are you going to do? You don't have a flashlight? You crank it up. When you're digging tunnels and such, it's no sun, right? So there you go. No. It's got multi-LED light and everything. Check them out. It's from Freeplay. And uh, we will post the links in the show notes for episode number 413. But that is going to D-Man 810. Congratulations. All you have to do, D-Man 810, (laughs) is send me an email. Uh, You can send that to live at category5.tv. I just need your mailing address. And that's going to go to the post. So, congratulations, and thank you to everybody for participating in the draw. That was a lot of fun. I get so lucky. You're always giving away stuff when I'm here. Always giving away stuff. And you're always giving away stuff I'm working to always give general. away stuff. That's the plan. Every time I plan. pop up, I'm like, oh, it's awesome. Speaking of giving away stuff, um, it doesn't have to be tangible stuff that's given away. Uh, no. Nate, Nate UK is one of our viewers uh, in the chat room tonight. Nice to see you. Uh, has been giving away his time working on a brand new Cody channel for Category 5 TV. So we're really excited to see the progress of this channel that he's been developing for you, the viewers. A really great way to uh, contribute to the community by uh, adding his skills to to the community in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly something that I have wanted to see happen, and people have been asking for Cody channels and Plex channels and things like that, but it's a lot of time to code this kind of stuff so to have someone like uh like nate uk step up and say hey i'll do that uh, we, so awesome. we really appreciate that and i know the community is is greatly going to appreciate that as well uh you can go right over to github uh and i'm sure we'll post links in the in the chat room there nate if you if you're there uh yeah i see you there if uh, nate uk if you could post a link to the github page so that people can uh, can bring that up and install that on their cody install it's coming along real well i understand that he's actually working right now mm-hmm. on testing <laughs> live view so maybe a few minutes in uh, he'll get that working and he'll be able to say in the chat room that hey got it working <laughs> there you go github.com slash nate uk just like it sounds and it's working he says <laughs> live view is working way to go oh, we're eight oh. minutes in and he's already got it going wow. way to go fantastic have you ever thought hey i'd really like to have a t-shirt like robbie that has brands on it like teespring and such teespring's great i mean they make some awesome t-shirts uh but you've got to you've got to basically sell so many of them in order for them to go to print uh there is a way that you can do just one t-shirt if you wanted to or if you want to get a good deal on t-shirts for your sports team your event that is going to be going on uh we have a deal for you cat5.tv slash shirt check it out no minimum orders free shipping, and a very good turnaround time as well. Cat5.tv slash shirt. want to draw attention to Nature Sounds of Ontario, Canada. Thanks to everybody who's been supporting that channel. Uh, that is nature.category5.tv, and of course you'll find it on our Roku channel. Coming soon to, uh, to Cody as well. That'll be a part of our channel there. Um, we've got more stuff coming to Nature Sounds of Ontario, Canada. People have been purchasing the lossless wave files. I really appreciate that. And that goes back to supporting Category 5 TV network as a whole. Uh, and we were talking about, peop- you know, giving and, yeah. and we've been receiving. So uh, <laughs> Lyndon sent me something cool. I, it's a keychain. He said we were gonna be, he was going to send me this for... It's kind of like a late birthday present, but it is a uh, it, it's something to do with Doctor Who for sure. Uh, I think it's from Gallifrey. What do you think, Adam? Is that Gallifreyan? I think so. so 
kind of cool. And then we uh, thank you, Lyndon, and I appreciate the birthday wish. Has um, Lyndon seen the our public call? Oh, uh, we've got the call box there, so make sure you check out the behind the scenes if you uh, got, so that you can see yeah the TARDIS that leads to the closet that is smaller on the inside. <laughs> How does that work? Okay, and then I uh, got something in the. I got this today, Whiskey Zero. This was unexpected, and I was in the front seat of the van, and, and what is this? Oh, no. <laughs> I've been saying we need to get a shelving unit back yeah, here or something this, like that. the Star Trek theme. Just a Trek. shelf with random paraphernalia, and what is better than a legacy DOS game, Star Trek, Judgment <laughs> Rights? And it's like, it's mint, man. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Old Salt sent this to me. I'm sorry, Old Salt. I, I said Whiskey Zero because I was watching the, the chat there. It's just like one of those things. But thank you, Whiskey Zero, for being here. Old Salt sent this in to us. Um, and it's like, it's, oh, it's got like a, a DVD oh. or something, too. What is that? Is that? Is that like a is B, that, is is that VHS? VHS? Nice. I'm going to have to, like, oh, it's got a pin. Anyway, this is awesome, Old Salt. Thanks, man. That is So this that is going to end up on the shelf behind oh, us. Oh, yeah. For sure. Cool, cool. Thank limited you, sir. edition, too. It is limited edition. Wow. And a, like a DOS game. Oh, I should it read e- Old Salt's message as well. It says, I realize it's a DOS game, but I had to get it for you. <laughs> After all, uh, it is Star Trek. It's also limited edition, although I don't know if you already have it. Don't have it, but do now. Thanks, Old Salt. <laughs> uh, whether you play it or not, can you, can you play a DOS game? DOS box, maybe? We'll give it a try. Uh, I hope you enjoy owning it. From one Trekkie to another from Old Salt. Thanks, man. Uh, and yeah, that's definitely going to go on display here at Studio D. So thank you. You never for that. know. It could be a future episode. A future episode from the past. <laughs> uh, the laptop came in. So thank you to everyone who has been supporting the show. It's an i7, and we were able to get this. Uh, I mentioned that it's a B. Uh, a B-grade laptop, so we were able to get it for like 250 bucks, but it's a nice little uh, latitude uh, for that price. is fantastic. So an i7 dual core, but um, it, it's going to do the job for us. But it got here today, and <laughs> surprise, no operating system installed. I thought it was going to come pre-installed, and so we've been we were rushing. You notice that I got Debian on there with Cinnamon, but uh, it wasn't ready in time. So uh, we're using a, a borrowed laptop from Sasha tonight. But so that's going to be that's going to be fantastic, and thank you to everybody who's been supporting Category Five TV, the network, and Category Five Technology TV and our other shows. Uh, and you can do that through Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/Category Five. It's a really fun way to support the show, mm-hmm. and we appreciate everyone who's been doing that. Okay, are we ready to get into it? Well, that's like enough enough of that. All the the room cleaning stuff. <laughs> Are we ready to dig deep? Well, tell us about so marketing. You've been studying marketing, yes. and so Google Analytics is a big part of cur- you know the current methodology of marketing a website, yes. promoting it in Google and other search engines. It's important to know how people are finding you, right. so that you can kind of tweak things. Right. So you can tweak uh, basically um, your approach to your potential targeted market Mm -hmm. and to know if you're even reaching your target market are you reaching the demographics that you hoped for are you even reaching for the users on the operating systems that you hoped for and are you even reaching um, users that are using the social media that you are also using outside of your blog or outside of your website and how can you fix your current um, approach to your online uh, blog and website to better optimize uh, user engagement? So what is Google Analytics? It's a free tool. It's completely free. Um, and it was designed by Google in 2006. And it's just been completely updated and just... There's been so many developers that have just made it so easy. We'll get into that. I'll challenge your ease of use statement. For the people who have not had any prior education to coding Mm -hmm. or to the idea of, um, you know, making your own scripts and um, as well... um, like you said, you had made one, and what was the 
what was the idea of the one that you? Well, had we're made? gonna we're gonna look at once we get into reporting mm. because reporting is a big deal when it comes to your analytics data because you need to know as Erica's saying well how are people finding you who are mm. they what are they what are they searching for what search engines are they using and mm. and is it uh, leading to uh, you know we look at things like bounce rate so right. it, are they just hitting your website and then going back to the search engine and saying oh that was an inappropriate result and you're not actually holding on to them on your site you need to be able to track that kind of information mm-hmm. that's where the reporting comes in uh, and uh, we'll look at one of my tools uh, a little and bit later on the show. Also, with that, because with your experience, you can throw that into Google Analytics. And with someone without that, they can just use a... Sure. Because kind of like an all-in-one, get your reports, um, uh, get your analytics, and also improve your SEO rating online. And also improve engagement without... Um, going to any other sites but Google Analytics. It's just basically something uh, that you can have on your mobile device. You can check it on the go, and you can actually now create alerts. So they'll email you, uh, Google will email you, if uh, they notice a change in your traffic. Mm. So if something's going weird or wonky, you'll know about it. Or if something's going really positive. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And there's been slight... um, like changes since it's been around um obviously trying to create ease of access but we're noticing now uh that just more and more sites are using google analytics but they actually aren't fully optimizing the full potential of the site Let's get into a little bit of, we're really looking at the fundamentals tonight, Mm -hmm. getting you started with Google Analytics. And uh, this is with the purpose of helping you to improve your search engine optimization, to understand some of the tools that are freely available to you. And uh, and really utilize a platform that is uh, is robust, easy to use, and free of charge to use. So it's really fantastic. Google has an infrastructure as well that is so huge and so... Uh, the resources that are available to you are are, are massive. So you, it's not like installing Puik, for example, on a local server and then having to host your own analytics data uh, to be able to figure out who's visiting your website. It's not a hit counter. It's nothing like that. It's much more robust than that. But because you're right. using their servers in order to track and manage this data... There um, are slight limitations. I think you'd have to be pretty darn big in order to reach those limitations. And at that point, you are making some serious change. Mm-hmm. And you don't mind paying the, the bill. But for the general user, you and I, uh, we're going to be looking at the free service. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think it starts with, I mean, you need a Google account. Right. And then you cr- go to google.com slash analytics. And when you're there, you create your account, your uh, it's a click of a button, create mm-hmm. account. Uh, you create your property, and property would be, um, you know, the name of your overseeing business, for right. example. And then you create individual tracking codes within that property, which are, you know, the various websites, our online store, our uh, main website, and the different things that you want to track separately of one another. And you can do up to 50 websites. Per account. Per account. Per account. And you can create numerous accounts so really i mean it's, that's that's pretty limitless as far as that yeah, goes yeah it it's 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 actually crazy to even think of that <laughs> they do this all for you and just throw it all there and you have this one site to go to and it's awesome let's look at what the tracking code looks like to you mm-hmm. the end user so this is a uh, tracking code that i've created just in a sandbox environment uh, and this is done by simply going to your administrative panel and clicking on tracking info and go to tracking code and you'll see the code that it gives you there. So this code, you simply, it's obviously a JavaScript asynchronous code, uh, so it's deferred until after page load and then it will uh, it will track the, the user information kind of, you know, for the analytics. And then you just copy that, paste it at the end of your code, follow the instructions there, uh, but that's going to start tracking all the data that you need. So then, once mm-hmm. we've got that, can I look at can I just bring up, I don't want to get ahead of where you want to be, but I want to show kind of the, the panel here as, so, as oh, far yeah. as that goes. So let's go over to reporting now. And you'll see, you know, kind of an overview of, you know, the current month, the past month, I should say, and information about 
you know, what country are people coming from, what browser, operating system, service provider, uh, language as well. So if somebody's hitting your website that is, you know, you're getting a lot of Spanish hits, for example, you'd know, hey, maybe I should have some Spanish content. Maybe something that I'm doing is important to the Spanish community, just as Mm -hmm. one example. And even I noticed in my past work that your website may reach a location that you never even thought possible. Tijuana. Welcome. <laughs> uh, you've got a, a huge amount of information at your fingertips. And it's so. huge, and that's why you and I are here today to just start off with the beginning steps yep. to Google Analytics. So we've created our account. We've got an analytics tracking code mm-hmm. for our property. What's next? So once we have our tracking code, um, we have to put it on to either each page or just on, if you have a, uh, like let's say you have Blogger and versus a website. Blogger actually does... Right. WordPress even. Any of Word those. You place. can get a Google Analytic drop-in so module. So simple, a drop-in mm-hmm. Google Analytic. It's actually done right for you, thrown into your mm-hmm. template, and that's it. Right. I, it literally, I think when I had installed it, it took me longer to wait for the analytics to pop up the next day. And that's another thing. Once you put in your tracking code, yeah. you do need to wait for the analytics to start up. I guess so they have to receive yes. enough data to, to aggregate yes. and actually find so any information. For if you do install it at home right away, um, it will not pop up. It takes up to 24 hours. Okay. So it will work. It just takes the 24 Don't hours. expect it to all of it. I just installed it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I got my mom and my dad and every, my brother and sister. They all clicked on it, and it's still not coming up. Uh, so we've got all that stuff in place. And so, so number one, where do we go? What do we do? Number one, you want to make sure you are not um, tracking yourself. Ah. So and what she means by that is I'm the guy sitting there going, refresh, 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 every time I make a change on my website bumping up my page views mm-hmm. so it's kind of illegitimate right. traffic and some people don't realize that until you've already started up your website or your <laughs> business and then I have 10,000 views in the first hour it's fantastic <laughs> oh it's so awesome man I must be famous already but <laughs> it's one of those things that you really do need to know um and you can actually put limitations on there, but just do your, um, it's basically your email. So when you okay. go to Google Analytics. So you're going to show us how we can do this on, on yeah. the panel here. Uh, and we've got a bit of a disconnect because uh, while Erica explains things, <laughs> I'm going to bring them up on the screen for you. Uh, just quickly backing up a little bit to tracking code and thinking along the lines of PHP. And yes. Erica touched on the fact that you don't want to just drop it into each individual file because if you do that, what if you miss a file and it's not going to get tracked? So it's better if you're not using, a, say, a WordPress or Blogger blog mm-hmm. uh, where you can just drop in a module. It's handy to use something like a PHP include in all your files. Mm-hmm. If you've got a file, for example, like a footer.php that you include in every single web page, might as well put it in there. I found it's that way the most effective, so mm-hmm. I'm not missing when I add a page. Yes. Because and if you do, then it's not tracking. Right, and, and you, you want to know the overall exet, uh, success mm-hmm. of that new page. Mm-hmm. So that's something as well um, that I found simple for me to use was just an overall put uh, the the script right down at the bottom of the footer. Make sure it's there, and I've had no issues. Perfect. All right, let's take a look at the dashboard and see. uh, Where do you want me to go, Erica? So when we go to admin. Okay, so we're going to administer the account up here. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go to user settings. or User um, management there? User management. Okay. So we want to make sure that you have permission at the top. Yeah, of course. So I created it, right? So that I should have, right? Sometimes um, you have to reset this to make sure uh, before you start your actual tracking. Because mm-hmm. then what happens is then you don't have access to those reports. Okay. So you just need to make sure that the email is there before you So even first step is making sure that you've got the... A capability to mm-hmm. to modify this. So when would that ever not be the case? I guess if someone else created it yeah, under a different l- account and yeah. shared it with you and you only had, say, view access. Right. 
So if someone's um, eyes had made it for a business mm -hmm. and they wanted to get into it, ah, yes. and they can only see from when for basically what I've done and yep. they can't edit it. Right. So just to, for better communications, if it's for your, just for yourself, mm -hmm. there's no need to worry. Um, but if you're using it for multiple users, uh, then make sure that you add each email that they can all edit on the same account. That's good from a security standpoint too because right. adding, for example, I could add Erica's email and give her read and edit access or something along those lines, but I'm not giving her the username and password for my account, right? which would potentially lead to a security problem. Because so. she's, she's bad. You never Hacking know. away all the time. <laughs> okay, so we've, uh, user management, we've got that. We've got our tracking is, is taking place. Can we look um, at a little bit of reporting and where, where mm -hmm. that's going to take us? And that's, that's kind of, you know, that's, I think, where we all want to be, uh, you know, when we're first starting out. Oh, yeah. We want to see, you know, are we getting a response? Are we even... And how? Where? And where? What page? And where do I start my, my marketing efforts? And this is where marketing can get integrated into Google Analytics. Okay. Let's take a look. Show me around. So we're looking now at your audience overview. Um, so we're looking at the general sessions. And this is your dashboard. Okay. So on your dashboard, um, you see... Pretty basic data. A very, yeah, it's very basic but from this basic data, there are hidden gems in order for you to optimize um, the basically referral rate from um, uh, social media sites. Okay, so let's let's go through a little bit. I I'll be honest with you, Erica, and I'm, <laughs> I hinted at this at the top of the show, kind of half mockingly, but. The reporting tools that are provided by Google are incredibly sophisticated. They, are, they can be tweaked really, really well when you have the experience and the know-how to do that. Yes. The default reports are okay, but you've got to go through a lot of hoops to find the data. Yes. You've got to understand uh, the metrics that Google presents and all of the different uh, variables that are available to you. So... We won't really get into a whole lot of, you know, like, uh, can, we, can we look at form customization or where do you... Yeah, Because so I want to show you a tool that's going to really help you because we are a little pressed for time at this point. But mm -hmm. um, reporting can be a little bit of a challenge. But when it, you gain access, I think when you understand how to get access to that data. So basically is you, you can apply these filters so you get only the data that you want to look okay. at. Show me how to do that. Um, so when you're going, take just take a little down there, and you're going to go. See, this is this is exactly it. It, it yeah. is it's vast and wow. Right? Oh yeah, and it and it is a little bit like to the average user. Yeah. To me, it's just it kind of overwhelming. Um, okay. At first, so. What I like to do is I kind of just break it down. So okay. what do I want to look at? So with the, if you just go right down here, and let's go to a quick little thing like mobile. Okay. Also and handy to know, you know who's using a mobile device mm -hmm. versus. And this is, can help you with your filters. Okay. So like let's say for a filter, do we want it to look at desktop or mobile? Well, right. Okay. Desktop. So I can see here, for example, that 99%, 99.6% of my website visitors are desktop users. Right. So that tells me either one, I've really messed up and my website is not compatible with mobile. And so Google is not giving me those results or I'm just not appealing to uh, desktop users. I would be concerned if that was the case, if it was that far skewed. I should be seeing at least 40% mobile these days. Mm -hmm. I'd say more in the 60% range. Yeah, so cons considering mobile app use has gone up. Big time. So I think that you can almost use that data to realize where you've got yes. problems just like that. I've only got two mobile users out of 531 <laughs> users. I'm doing something wrong because keeping in mind Google will pull you from the search results if you're not mobile friendly on mobile devices. 
maybe I'm doing something wrong. And then that's where you can kind of dig deeper right. and go, so out of my mobile <laughs> users. It's so crazy. And this is just one little yep. quick little example, and then you can oh add filters later on. Sure, so. choose your dimensions, <laughs> add your filters. Goodness so let's me. take a look um, back uh, to technology on the dashboard. I'll go down a little bit. Go down. Okay, down, 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 down. Technology. down. technology. There. Oh, there's one there called Tech. Nice. Okay, so we've got browser <laughs> and operating system. Okay. We've got network. Can we so check out the browsers? Let's see, see the See how many users, users are using Edge. No, not one. <laughs> so it's fake data. Safari. So if we see two users using Safari, which yeah. is generally used on the iPhone, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. So that's where we can start to link um, that there was, you know, a problem with the mobile um, uh, tracking and that, you know, how can we make it better for these users? So yeah. we're seeing that Chrome is the number one. Obviously. So for to better appeal to them, we have to now adjust, you know, our uh, visual settings as our design compatible for Safari users. and. Mm. <laughs> Right, you so know, then we realize more problems. Right, yeah. but and it and it kind of you don't want to get to get overwhelmed, but it's just one of those things that you can better off, you know, you uh, your mobile effectiveness, and to basically have a better customer experience or user experience. So now we can. I, see I've clicked on Chrome. I see all. Uh, there's so much data. Mm. It's hard to parse. Um, so I said. Forget this. Now, I love it, mm -hmm. but for you, as you're getting started, do you, do you sense my little bit of frustration at the Google's reporting pro uh, the Google uh, at Google's reporting process? It is pretty vast, but there's nothing there in place, and Google is usually pretty good at this stuff. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in place for the entry level. Hey, let's get started. Yes. Welcome to Google Analytics. Click here for a really easy to use report. Yes. That would make sense to me. It's sadly lacking from Google Analytics. Analytics, though, remember, is a huge amount of data. Huge. All this kind of stuff. Like, we're talking anything you want to know about your website visitor. So their location, not, not down to the street address, but general location, country, city, that kind of stuff. Uh, you're, you're able to pull up a lot of data. And it's not just that. You can know their behavior. You can know the acquisition. You can know... Uh, where they came from, we're talking about referrals. And a referral. Yeah, where, where are they coming from? How are they finding me? You can even know their service provider. And I found out, and actually on one of my um, accounts, was I had more Windows, but number two was Linux users. <laughs> and for someone. For the win. And someone for a website, let's say in software building, and they see, oh, more Windows is coming up to yeah, yeah. more Windows users than Linux, but I'm a for let's say for example I am a Linux you know um, user and I'm sure. giving basically I'm just giving out my software for free and making sure that people can get to it, but then I see um, mm. people with the double operating systems um, and people that you know with the Windows are clicking on there. Right. But they don't need what you're basically yeah, trying yeah, to do. Yeah, every from. every use case, I think, from for every business, it's going to be different. Your example right. of a software company that has a Mac version, a Windows version, and a Linux version, they can use the analytic data to see, hey, we're doing really good in the Linux world because it's a lot of Linux users coming to our website. Mm -hmm. uh, we use that data, for example, to realize that, hey, we've got a lot of viewers that use Microsoft Windows, and maybe we do need to occasionally include a Windows review or something like that. For example, right? But it's different for everybody. So what I set out to do was I, we want to create a, an easier way to do it. And I, I tried doing that with searchgoblin.com. And searchgoblin is a, a site that I own that is just 
like my kind of sandbox for goofing around and figuring things out and a lot of it uh you know impacts me at work and helps me to expedite services that i'm providing to customers but also at the same time it's a playground for me to be able to do things without affecting those customers so uh if you go there and create a google analytics report with the generator it's pretty neat because you don't actually have to do anything I'm talking about how Google Analytics is so complicated to create a, just an easy report. I want an overview. I want to know just the basics. So I'm going to go there, and it automatically connects to my account and gives me a list of all the, um, the, the sites that I have. So in my sandbox, for example, I can click Generate Report, and I didn't have to do anything. And it just gives me the, the data. So you have the sessions. Yeah, it gives me the referrals and bounce rate and any information that it's able to generate in just a a single click. Right. This is just a sandbox website, so the data is just kind of, you know, skewed. But uh, it helps you out. And it gives suggestions on how to better the the website as well. So that's another tool, searchgoblin.com, to get you started. Uh, But get on over to google.com slash analytics to try this out. We're going to talk about this more on future shows as well, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Get into some of the more advanced stuff. We wanted to kind of get started a little bit easier today. But if you haven't even even if you've heard about it, maybe you were skeptical about it. What you, is this? You know, thinking it's just everybody uses it. Well, it's being used. <laughs> the peer pressure. It's Everybody's being, doing it, man. It, it is being used <laughs> for a reason. And just like for to make it it's basically to make it easier for you to better off your website for your users um, and for yourself you know you can basically get all these insights that you never would have got from a generic Mm -hmm. little uh, oh they came from this place but that's it we used to have to rely on surveys and hope that 1% of people would respond. And, and, and usually it's that demographic that does respond, mm-hmm. and so it skews the results. Well, now we can tell how many male and female visitors we have on our website based on Google knows. Google knows, Chad. <laughs> how cool is that? All right, well, thanks, Erica. That's, a, I think, a good introduction to Google Analytics. And mm-hmm. uh, Anything else that you want to add before we get into the news? Well, there's a lot of exciting news today. It's huge, but I can't wait to hear Sasha. And she's <laughs> waiting patiently so to patient say the news. All right, Sasha, over in the newsroom, it's off to you. Hi, it's Tuesday, August 18th, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Did you receive one of those portable phone chargers from EE earlier this year? Watch out, they're being recalled for exploding and catching fire. Fly from London, England to New York in about an hour? It could be possible based on a new patent which has been approved for a new model of Concorde aircraft. The rumors are true. Apple is working on an autonomous car. An SSD with nearly 16 terabytes of storage space. Samsung just unveiled the earth-shattering new drive and we'll tell you all about it. And so it begins. The first big update to Windows 10 has broken a whole bunch of systems. And since Windows 10 doesn't let you choose what updates to install, many users are stuck with an unbootable computer. And they released the pilot this past weekend. And we've got some seriously big news about the future of Star Trek Renegades. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. You've got mad skills. Now hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative, and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash linda. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. UK mobile firm EE has recalled a portable charger it had given away after a medical student was left with severe burns when using one. EE said that it had identified five incidences where power bars had overheated as a result of, and as a result is recalling one of the batches. 
That amounts to about 500,000 units, according to the firm. As a gesture of goodwill, it will be offering affected customers a 20-pound voucher to spend on accessories. In a statement, the firm said, We have identified a very small number of incidents where power bars had overheated, all of which relate to batch E1-06. So on the side of the actual power bar, it'll say model E106. Oh, should I bring that up? Oh, yes, if you could. that. That would be perfect. Through the magic of television. Yes. So, this model alone could pose a fire safety risk. We are therefore recalling this batch and requesting customers to stop using the power bar and return them to a local store at their earliest convenience. Medical student Katie Emsley from Aberdeen suffered severe burns when her phone charger exploded and set fire to her bedroom floor. I cannot imagine. EE began giving away the smartphone charger to every customer in April. EE was swamped with requests for the charger and estimates that there are now 1.5 million in circulation, but says only the batch identified was affected. The scary thing about that is sometimes you like you plug your phone into a charger and you leave. Like you leave your room, you yeah. leave the house. Like this, I mean, this poor medical student has burnt her hand, but oh my gosh. It could have been much worse. So, mm-hmm. and of course, I was reading that news story, and Robbie gave me a phone charger. I yeah. know, but this—I, I swear, this one will not explode. And I thought the, the phone charger, the, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It was perfect timing. He gave me a phone charger yesterday, or not yesterday, last week, <laughs> <laughs> last week, and I had it at home charging my phone for the whole week. And then I read this news story, and I thought, <laughs> sorry, about what that. is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it would have been really funny if it was. The same one in the picture. I should have planned that. I should have, like, replaced the picture <laughs> with the one that I gave you. <laughs> New story. Sasha faints yeah. because... Okay. Airbus has won a patent for a hypersonic passenger plane which could potentially fly from London to New York in an hour. That means no matter where you're watching Category 5, you can come visit us if you're on. There you go. The We're going to buy one of these for the studio. That's right. Yeah. Dubbed the Concorde 2.0, the jet would be capable of flying more than four times the speed of sound. Documents lodged with the U.S. Patent Office refer to an ultra-rapid air vehicle and related method for aerial aerial locomotion. According to the documents, the jet would reach speeds as high as Mach 4.5, or four and a half times the speed of sound. That compares to Mach 2 for Concorde. The patent application says that the airplane would use a variety of engines that would serve different purposes and power that would come from hydrogen stored on board. Two turbojets under the fuselage and a rocket motor in the rear would be used during takeoff and it would lift off vertically like a space shuttle. There is a 0% chance I would get on this thing. (laughs) Once launched, the turbojets would be shut down and retracted, and the rocket motor would then kick in to climb to an altitude of more than 100,000 feet. Then ramjets, used usually on missiles, would then be ignited, and the flight would reach its top speed. No word when, if at all, these patents would actually lead to development. Robbie, would you ride on this? Would you take a Would you take a flight on the Concorde 2.0? Mm, I would probably wait until they've worked out the bugs. To be honest, wow. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not overly confident. I would really <laughs> hope that they equip that plane with many airsick bags, because I can tell you, four times the speed of sound, I'm going to get a little bit light. At 100,000 feet, though, are you not practically in space? Like, is that the stratosphere? Where does that start? You, you must be the, the G force must be a little different up at that height than it would be like we think of four point five Mach four point five down here would be insane, but yeah. up there, wow, just it be would. Like, can you imagine like going for a flight and taking off vertically before you know? I feel like an astronaut for yeah. sure. Yeah, wow, my palms are actually really sweaty out for nerves <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> I think my stomach just dropped thinking about that. (laughs) (laughs) The persistent rumors about Apple building some kind of car have felt at times like they were powered purely by Apple fans desperate for something new and exciting. So far, we've only had theories and mock designs rather than any actual evidence something was happening. 
But now we have something firm. The Guardian newspaper has gotten a hold of correspondence between Apple engineer Frank Fearon and officials from a car testing facility, Gomentum Station. It reads... We would like to get an understanding of timing and availability for the space and how we would need to coordinate around other parties who would be using it. The note was sent in May. Gomentum Station is in Concord, a city a good 30 minutes drive northeast from San Francisco. It's a facility specifically set up to test driverless car technology. Uh With 20 miles or so of road, they would recreate real real world scenarios for the autonomous car industry. So, what does this tell us about Apple's car ambitions? Not much. But it does at least offer, for the first time, some concrete evidence that plans are in motion. Or somebody has a great sense of humor and is hacked into Apple's email. (laughs) (laughs) But very cool. So, an iCar. Yes. White and rounded, nice smooth edges. How cool would it be if it had a home key? Yeah, right. You just push, the, just push the button, and it just takes you there. Nice. Well done. Yes. At the Flash Memory Summit in California, Samsung has unveiled what appears to be the world's largest hard drive, and somewhat surprisingly, it uses NAND flash chips rather than spinning platters. Really? The, yes. It's boringly named the PM1633A boring should have named it sasha which is being targeted at the enterprise market and it manages to cram almost 16 terabytes into a 2.5 inch ssd package by comparison the largest conventional hard drives made by seagate and western digital currently max out at 8 or 10 terabytes to reach such an astonishing density, Samsung has managed to cram 48 layers of 3 bits per cell 3D VNAND into a single die. This is twice as many layers as was possible just two years ago. Historically, like most computer chips, NAND flash has been structured on the chip laid down on a single two-dimensional plane. In a similar way to how logic chips are moving towards 3D transistors, Samsung, and more recently Toshiba and Intel, have been forging ahead with 3D NAND. The simplest way of describing 3D NAND is that everything is turned on its side. So instead of having just one layer of memory cells on a single plane, you can now have dozens of layered cells, all standing up next to each other. In fact, that's where the V comes from in Samsung's VNAND name. It refers to the vertical nature of these cells. At the Flash Memory Summit, Samsung showed off a server with 48 of these new SSDs with a total storage capacity of 768 terabytes and a performance rated at 2 million input-output operations per second. That's insane. 2 million? 2 million. By comparison, the consumer-grade SSD that you probably have in your PC is probably capable of about 10,000 to 90,000 IOPS, depending on the workload. We don't have a price for Samsung's 16-terabyte SSD, but we can't imagine it being much cheaper than $8,000. When it is available, and we do have a price for it, Maybe it'll be on Amazon. We can link oh, it to our great. page. <laughs> you know, shop for it that on our affiliate is insane. link. <laughs> Six, Sixteen terabytes. Sixteen thousand gigabytes. My first hard drive was thirty megs. Wow. Mind blown. Unbelievable. And what is this going to do for servers and the cloud? Being how, able to throw a whole bunch of these at it? How fast would everything work? Not very fast at all if you have Windows 10 right now. <laughs> Windows 10's first major update has stranded some users in an endless loop of reboots. And it's not even February 2nd. Users have been reporting the problem to Microsoft, which is yet to suggest a solution. Not ideal for an OS which is less than two weeks old. Known as KB30814. 1424, sorry. The (laughs) update incorporates a number of bug fixes for the new operating system, but has been failing on some machines. When this happens, when this happens, Windows 10 automatically reverts to a previous version. But as Windows 10 updates are automatic and mandatory, it then tries to install the dodgy update again. Some users reported the updates getting 
the update getting to a certain percentage before failing, with uninstalls taking a long time when Windows 10 gets stuck in a reboot loop. The problem has been exacerbated as Windows 10 updates are forced and cannot be turned off. While this policy was intended to make the operating system more secure, some have argued that users should be given control over whether or not they choose to update. This is true. Windows 10 users um, writing on Microsoft's help forums identified a fix for the update loop error that involved deleting certain keys from the registry. Those uncomfortable with changing the registry should wait until Microsoft issues an official fix or download Linux. <laughs> Install Linux. Thanks for that. No problem. So, so the, we, we got to wait for Microsoft to post a fix for the fix. Yeah. That's but what you're telling me. What I'm confused about, and I'm sure that they figured this out, but if this is a loop where the update is failing and then it reverts back and it tries to update again, at what point are they going to be able to insert a fix? Like, I'm worried that the loop is going to be unbreakable, but I'm a... It's frustrating, too. I, we, we, we've got some viewers on YouTube who have been experiencing this this week and, and saying, you know, how do I fix this looping problem and the problem is it's also kind of different for each system and different systems will have different fixes so there's no one answer to get you up and running yeah which is horrible i mean if you only have one working computer and your operating system happens to be windows 10 at this point i'm sorry now this is the best news. We have got breaking news for Star Trek fans. We'll tell you what's up right after this. Singh was a great warrior. You are just a failed genetic experiment. Until three years ago, the planet Siphon was not on any of our charts. I fear the Federation is on the verge of collapse. I will bring the Federation to their knees. For what their portal did to us. We have urgent matters to discuss. We have nothing to discuss. news to hit the pointy ears of Star Trek fans in a very, very long time. Star Trek Renegades will be producing further episodes. Following the successful release of the pilot movie this past weekend, we're excited to announce the schedule of 12 episodes per season. For reasons the Renegades team didn't, were not able to disclose, CBS cannot move forward with Star Trek Renegades at this time or any Star Trek series for that matter. However, an exciting plan B has been initiated. Star Trek Renegades will be moving forward as an independently produced fan-supported internet TV series. Awesome. Nice. The current film will be episode one and they are already writing episodes two and three. Chekhov will be part of the next two episodes 
but then will be retired. The role will be retired. In addition to most in addition to most of the Renegades cast returning, the wheels are also in motion to bring many Star Trek uh, stars and their familiar characters. Awesome. To accomplish 12 episodes per season, they'll use conventional episodic television production schedules, including shooting each episode in seven or eight days, editing and scoring the episode over the next month, and then completing the visual effects over the following two to three months. This is now possible since the team is already in place and the most difficult and time-consuming visual effects work was completed for the pilot. So cool. Visit StarTrekRenegades.com for more info. Big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. If you found a new story you would like to send, email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. Hey, if you're new here, greetings. Want to say hi to some of our newly registered viewers. Let's go through the list. Grumpy PC, welcome <laughs> to Category 5 TV. Trojan Spike. Mike. Scatterbrain. Sedona Red, welcome. You got TI2D. It's like a rap. Yeah. Tofier, welcome to the show. Hot Caribbean. And Piperpado. Galit. <laughs> it's like, watch us. Oh, watch yeah. Galit Florence. <laughs> yeah. And uh, AZ Toffelhandel. You guys. <laughs> Welcome to the show, though. <laughs> Michael Tech. Hey, how do you get Michael Tech? I got, I got really lucky. I got easy Hunter. I'm uh, Beach. I got Beach Geek. Hey, Beach Geek. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Okay. PDF Smail. And Nate UK. Welcome to the community and already giving back. Thanks for being here. All right. Uh, do we have time? Can we please, pretty please, answer Get some viewer questions? So. <laughs> I know. So much. Thanks for that, by the way, Sasha. That is some exciting news. I am I stoked about Star Trek Renegades. I absolutely. love it. I absolutely love that we got to show the trailer. Breaking news. Yeah, you heard it here first. When Google comes at us and says, hey, copyrights, we actually talked to the develop the creators of Star Trek Renegades and got the A-OK. So there you have it. Exclusively for you guys. Mm, just for you. All right, what do you got for me? I do. I got a really great question. This is actually dating back to the Unraid 6 episode. Yeah, all right. So I have successfully upgraded Unraid 6. Congrats. But I don't understand where my stuff is when I install install a Docker app like Sync. Um, it syncs my photos from my phone, but uh, where they are, on, but I don't know where they are on my server. Okay. So your Unraid server is a Linux machine. It's Slackware. So if you hop on to your server, access it over Samba, however you want to do it, um, you'll, you'll find in the directory tree of Linux, you've got slash MNT mount. Uh, has all of your mount points. If you go into the MNT folder, you'll see disk 1, disk 2, disk 3. Those are the physical disks of your Unraid server. You don't necessarily want to go into any of those because if I copy a folder that has 100 files and I've got seven drives in my array, it's going to automatically select where to put the files and they won't necessarily all be on one drive. So there's a folder or a mount point, if you will, uh, called user. And if you go into that, so MNT slash user, then you'll see all of your user shares. If you haven't created any yet, you can, you can actually uh, create those through the Unraid panel. And uh, you can set those up and, and point them at your system. But essentially, I mean, you can go into slash MNT slash wherever, and you'll see that's the file system, not of the flash drive, but of the actual physical hard drives. And then you can locate them. And, of course, you can go into your Docker settings. Uh, and, and I wish I had an Unraid server here. We're going to be putting one together on the show, and then I can actually demonstrate. But if you go into the Docker settings by going to the IP address of your server and logging in, uh, then you'll be able to actually change or view, at least at this point, um, the the storage folder where it's actually putting your Docker apps, where it's storing things. 
But that Docker app mm-hmm. has, or that Docker container has access to the physical array. So as you save things in Docker, uh, whatever it is, it's actually saving to the array. You just need to see where it's where it's pointing to, and you can see that in the Docker settings on the uh, on the panel. So good luck. Do we have time for one more? Mm. I hear a, 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 an enormous storm brewing out there, right? Eh? Anybody walking home? <laughs> Nobody's walking home. Very good. Ooh. What's this? I have a question. So just wondering where you could push purchase the brick backdrop to your set. Oh, you like that? I'd suggest Amazon. How do you like that? Uh, go to our website, cat five, uh, category5.tv, go to support us, and, um, and uh, you'll see the affiliate links. Mm-hmm. Follow that through to your local Amazon. And just, uh, it's wallpaper. So do a search for um, faux brick wallpaper, or brick wallpaper, and you'll be able to find some stuff. And, uh, and then get some friends to come help you put it up. There you go. Well, thanks, Alan, for your interest. And it does sound like a storm. It's just a, there's a storm brewing right at the end of the show, happened. folks, and that's all of the time. <laughs> I can't believe that time is up. Uh, but thank you, Erica, for all your input into the show tonight, and thanks to those of you at home. Great news for Star Trek fans. I'm really excited about that. Thanks, Sasha. Thank you. Hope you all have a fantastic week. See you next Tuesday. Thanks, guys, for Good watching. Night. Have an awesome night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 